Welcome back to Obscure Broadcasting's podcast, Famous Last Words. We're in the home stretch now. 31 Days of Horror is coming to a close, but we got still a lot left to go in some ways. But uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, today we're talking about the movie that I can only watch about 25% of because it's so scary. That is 2013's directed by James Wan, The Conjuring. Uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Teresa. This movie is hard on Andrew. <laughs> yeah. this, this is a hard movie for me to watch. I have to like make fun of it in order to like be able to watch some sex- sections of it. And even then, I spend most of the time looking at baseball scores on my phone. <laughs> yes, and I've made Andrew watch this movie twice now because we watched it originally a couple years ago in preparation for our horror film. I thought like this would be a really good one to just watch and, and learn from. Um, and then we decided to do this podcast and I said, well, you know, we have to watch The Conjuring again because it's like one of the scariest movies we've right, ever seen. Right. Oh yeah. We referenced the clapping scene like all the time. So yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, yeah, we got to do this one. So I made you watch it again. Uh, the Conjuring. I don't know what they do so well. Um, I think it's that like, I think, so in some ways, they, on the surface, you could say the whole Annabelle opening that is purely a throwaway and purely just to scare you, to like buy you into the scaring and kind of introduce Ed and Lorraine, played by uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, um, the original Night Owl. Um, I'm still waiting for Night Owl to show up in the uh, Dave and Lindelof uh Watchmen, by the way. Um, but I thought that the Annabelle part was just a throwaway, but it's not. Mm-hmm. What the Annabelle part does is that anything can be, anything, they can get any, the ghost can get anywhere and they can do anything they want. And like, we're completely helpless. Yeah. It makes you scared of like everything in the house when you get to the actual like family that the story's about. You're just like, oh, that stuffed animal could be haunted. Oh, this thing. Right. And the little wind-up clock. Oh, I don't even think about it. It makes Ooh. me nervous thinking about it. They do um, a great job with, like, m- people's fear of mirrors and, like, ghosts appearing in mirrors behind them. Right. And that they don't, you don't know when it's going to happen, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, this, oh, I don't even like talking about this movie. It creeps me out <laughs> so much. The things that this movie t- taught us and continued to teach us is, like, it's always the things that you don't see that are often the most scary. Like it's pushing your your the audience to the limit where their um, imagination fills in the blanks and the blanks are always scarier than what they could actually show you. Right. And this movie does a great job with that. I mean, the camera technique too, like the motivated camera movement is the thing that I notice the most upon second viewing. It just like throws you into the action and you are the character you feel just as scared and like it's the camera that's forcing you to feel that way you know along with the music and the sound Sound design design, but like they do a great job with what they do with the camera this movie like many great movies makes up for its faults in period in like the filmmaking times it was made and there's some kind of suspect cgi Mm. that happens a couple times a couple cutaways to sky changes that are happening really fast and those are just kind of odd choices, and but in general, this movie does everything very practically, and it does everything very practically to the level that 
obviously is terrifying. And could also be silly if you think about it, like outside of the context of a horror movie. I mean, there's several times where you see people's hands coming out of closets and the clapping that is so scary in the dark is like literally some guy's hands just like clapping in front like next to the woman and like i could just imagine filming that and it's seeming so silly right yeah i mean i I mean there's a reason why they never released this but production sound (laughs) on what they film is usually probably pretty you know right pretty silly because you have to go like be like probably go then you Mm -hmm. you know you somebody has to raise their hands and there's definitely a point where they're setting up the shot where somebody's like am i in the shot (laughs) am i out of the shot like they to know where to put their hands yeah, I can imagine the actor just, you know, kind of laughing after the take and just, you know, recognizing how funny it is. I mean, to the audience, it's incredibly terrifying. And that all has to do with, like, the environment that they built around the scenes mm-hmm. with the scares. I thought um, Lily Taylor, who plays the mother, mm. uh, did a phenomenal job. Yeah, she's really good. I think she... Like I said in a previous episode, it's hard um, to sometimes act well in a horror movie. Like you're so stuck in it and stuck in the tropes. But And possession is really, really hard because you're bought. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned this another time in another episode about in the Eli Roth history of horror. But the woman who made Cujo was talking and she's like, your body doesn't know you're acting. You have to like physically put yourself in that mindset, in that space. And... Lily Taylor's performance is amazing. Like she really goes places that are, I really imagine were really hard on her and that I hope they didn't take her for granted on set because she gave a, like in a movie that could have seemed so silly, it seemed very real. And that's all because of her performance. I thought. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I think the ghost hunters aren't too silly either. They have their own little like backstory about how I forget the actor or the, character's name oh ed and lorraine ed and, yeah like lorraine has had an issue with like possession kind of in the past because she's somewhat like clairvoyant mm-hmm. and so that kind of gives them another dimension where she's being haunted at the same time and you can take her more seriously um than maybe you would if you just like had some ghost hunters come in and you know because their assistant offers like a bit of a comic relief too Right, he's kind of bumbling. Mm-hmm. With like the cop, there's like a cop that they bring. Like, in there's like, definitely a buddy cop vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he's skeptic and doesn't believe in anything, and they can kind of banter back and forth. So, and yeah, I mean, I like the the throwback to like Amityville horror and mm-hmm. the vibe that they are trying to achieve with that. The yellow text on you know the yellow explaining text of the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amityville Horror is not a un, not a not scary movie. I mean, it's incredibly dated now and, and doesn't quite hold up. But there's definitely this element that someone in your family is going to betray you. Like mm-hmm. like I said, like in a possession movie, in a possession movie, you're worried about the threat of anarchy coming from inside your family as opposed to ghosts who are trying to protect your protect you from them. Yeah, yeah, and you know kids help add to the scariness like there's some creepy oh there's eight million kids in this movie yeah and tons of creepy kids and kids doing things with creepy things and yeah i thought there was some ex- erroneous plots that went on in this movie that oh, yeah. you know they make some reference that like 
she has a heart like the uh, Lorraine Vera Farmiga Farmiga uh, has like a past in that she's like kind of re- recovering from a trauma, but then that doesn't really she doesn't she she never has to come to a moment where she has to overcome it right, mm. and she's put in a choice where she has to make. You'd think it would happen in that climax where she has to literally put her head hand on Lily Taylor on the mother's head and like she has to make a choice through whether to sacrifice another big chunk of herself. But that no, never comes. That com- is her choice. Yeah, but she already. I mean, she already. But she she's done it. It's over. She like. There's no moment of like, you know. I mean, like they set this whole thing that she's gonna have to make this big choice, and she never does. Her choice is to stay and do the exorcist with. Oh, the her exorcism. Husband. Yeah. Exorcism. Yeah. Oh, and that photograph. Oh, that green screen looking photograph. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's rough. We don't worry about that. It's we, fine. We don't worry about that. Oh <laughs> man, that's that. That's like a goalpost. Like if I can get that far, I can watch the whole movie because I like this part looks so bad. <laughs> And it's clearly like a airbrush to crap photograph. I think the other thing this film does that I just wish all horror movies would just like stop doing is they go past the point of showing the demon, showing the monster where it's not scary anymore. Like if movies that build up and you see like part of the ghost or part of the creature or whatever and your brain can imagine mm-hmm. the rest, it's so much scarier than when you get like a full shot of you know, the go- made ghost or whatever. Cause then it just like looks a little silly and I don't know, it pulls me out of it. I don't know if other people feel the same, but there's rarely, rarely a movie except for maybe a tale of two sisters where I was more scared by seeing the actual creature then, than just like getting great little glimpses of them. Yeah. You don't need to, I mean, and again, I thought they did something really powerful in the exorcist where they just show the statue and you, they don't need, I mean, they couldn't yeah. show you something incredibly grotesque. So it had to be, I don't feel like that limitation. Like now we can show you anything cause we have CG and we can make anything composite, anything. Mm-hmm. But I almost think like the suggestion of what it could be like, like an ancient interpretation of what a demon might look like is almost more powerful than like seeing something that's like, looks like, you know, really good Beetlejuice. Yeah. And Reagan's appearance in that movie was scary enough because like she still looks like herself, but she's, got all this stuff that looks like she's, she's deteriorating yeah. and you know all that practical makeup i think is much more effective especially on the character you see her transform from like a normal person to this like i think that kind of special effects is always effective but yeah once you get into like cgi land and even when you're mixing cgi and practicals and costumes and makeup it's like yeah well we just don't need to see the whole mm-hmm. thing like just show us it quickly like yeah so that's that's my beef with like most modern horror films and and not modern ones but modern ones tend to like fall into that trap more often yep well the conjuring i've done it again i've been able to watch some monicum of that movie it still scares me to pieces i know i like watching it with you it's fun uh i'm andrew (laughs) and i'm Teresa.